A good haircut can be a game changer. I mean, everybody wants to look their best for those social media pics, right? So get yourself to Sport Clips at Sport Clips Haircuts. They hair do like no one else hair does. See what they did there? Not only is it the home of champion haircuts, but they've also made relaxing and unwinding the name of the game. Level up your haircut with the MVP haircut experience. It's a spa day for your follicles. Check this out. You get a seven pressure point massaging shampoo along with a perfectly steamed hot towel all while sports plays on the TV. Does it get any better than that? No. You can want it all and have it all at Sport Clips. It's a game changer. I know you have heard this before. Work smarter, not harder. Ford has heard it too. That's why the Ford F-150 truck helps you get the job done in the smartest way possible. I mean, the pro-access tailgate alone is a game changer. It improves access to the bed and cargo, which makes it easier to load in tight spaces. See? Smarter. It's also got a mobile power source in Pro Power on board, so you can power up to 7.2 kilowatts outside your F-150 truck. That is definitely working smarter. And imagine what you can do with that power at your next tailgate party. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Find your local Ford dealer at Ford.com. Pro access tailgate available starting spring 2024. See owner's manual for important operating instructions. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. All right, the Dudleys are back in the WWE, and for the first time ever, they're doing a podcast together, and that podcast is here on Talk is Jericho. Bubba, Ray, and Devon are here today to discuss how they got back in the WWE, and they're talking about the Attitude Days in the WWE, the incredible TLC matches that they had with the Hardy Boys and Edge and Christian, how the tables became such a signature part of their identity, of their gimmick. They got so many great stories to tell. We're going to jump straight into the Dudleys. It's a marathon conversation. We're going straight to Dudleyville with Devon and Bubba Ray. And you might even learn something new about them. So many new stories they've never, ever told before, like what they're originally going to be called when they made the move to TNA, how they came up with Team 3D, what's happened to some of the other Dudley kin, including Spike Dudley. How about Snot Dudley, Remember him? I used to uh, I used to live with him, believe it or not. And how they're managing to stay on top of their game after 20-plus years in the crazy wrestling business. Talk is Jericho, baby. Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho, mama. Talk is me. All right, so after, I don't know, 10 years, they are back. The Dudley boys back in the WWE. And it's, uh, it's pretty cool to have you guys back here. How do you feel about it? I feel great. I'm just glad to be back, you know, after 10 long years. Has it been 10 years? 10. Has it really long. been 10? Wow. So 2005 was the last. The, yeah. the last show that we did was One Night Stand at the Hammerstein Ballroom in 2005. Wow. That was like the ECW pay-per-view? Yep, that was the ECW. The first one? The WWE's mm-hmm. yeah. version of the ECW reunion. The one that went really well. Yeah. Right. yeah. That was the last match. God, that match, that seems like it was forever ago. And then their last appearance was in St. Louis, uh, putting Stinsky through a table on Monday Night Raw. Okay, so your last, okay, so you had one more. Well, we had one more. We had an appearance that like we did a run in. Yeah, I got you. put him in and we were out. So what was, what was the, the reason why you guys left in the first place? There was, um, they, it, there had come a time where me and Devon had been on TV for almost five and a half straight years never had been off tv um had done just about everything we could do and then vince pulled us on the side one day and he said i have totally used you guys so much that i just 
we have nothing else for you to do right now. He goes, go home, go relax, take a little bit of a vacation. And in about two or three months, when we figure out something to do, we bring you back because you guys have never been away and it'll help to freshen you up. Well, two months turned into three months, turned into four months. And this is when they were talking about the whole ECW reunion. And they just decided, let's just hold them off and bring them back as a surprise at one night stand. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the other things is also is that when we left ECW, we went straight to WWE. Right. So there was no break. So after being on TV all that time with ECW and then going straight to WWE, it was like almost 10, almost 15 years of being on TV straight without Mm -hmm. a break. When you're on TV that long, when you're on the road that long, without a break, you're tired, you're hurting, you know, you're miserable in a sense where because your body's starting to break down and there is no break. So when we did get that break, it was just like a breath of fresh air. And then, you know, towards the end, it was just like, okay, maybe we just need a longer break. Mm -hmm. Well, because that's the thing, like, 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 and it also makes your character a little bit stagnant as well because... That's one thing I always try to like change my beard or hairstyle or tights or something because they see you every week for 52 weeks a year or 100 times a year when SmackDown was rolling. So it does lend you to just be kind of a little bit, you know, stagnant, I guess. I think the exact word that Vince used was oversaturated. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that we just we had done so much. So, and me and Devon were lucky enough where we were never written off the show. We never were injured enough to be off the show. So we just kept going. So there was really, you know, it was just time for us so, to disappear for a while. So when you disappear though, cause I remember like there was that big, um, like big purge of guys. There was like 10 or 15 guys were let go and you guys were included in that. But that's a big misconception. Well, that's what I mean. I know that, but they, they yeah. really, it was all at the same yeah, time, they, right? They kind of lumped us and I don't know who it was or why it was, but they kind of lumped us into that Black Friday where they said, oh, the Dudleys were released also and that was totally untrue. Um, we were negotiating with them and we got really close to coming to a new deal but at the end we just couldn't agree on a couple of things so we just agreed to go our separate ways Mm -hmm. so we didn't sign a new deal we were never released and also when that (laughs) took place it was uh july 5th our contract was still going in effect Uh until august 29th oh okay we were still talking but yet we were put in that you know, group of people that were supposedly let go. Did you f- flip out? Because it was like Rosie and like Chuck Palumbo and guys like that. And then it's like the Dudleys. Like, what? Um, <laughs> I know th- you must have th- loved th- that. There was, there was <laughs> definitely a spirited conversation between myself and Johnny Ace. Yeah, I'm, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there was. I, I think we both had a <laughs> <laughs> But here, here we are, you know, 10 years later. And this is like, you know, in wrestling, sometimes there's a lot of exaggeration here and there. But literally... The Dudleys are the most decorated tag team of all time. Now, is that true? I'm sure you've thought about it, Bubba. Oh, no, it's 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 definitely 1,000% accurate. I mean, no other team has, um, I guess, if you want to use the word successful, been as successful as we have as Mm -hmm. far as the amount of tag team titles we have held between ECW, WWE, holding the WCW Tag Team Championships while it was a part of WWE, and then going on to TNA, winning the NWA belts, the New Japan belts, the All Japan belts, the Hustle. I mean, there's really... other. 
other than the AWA, there really wasn't anything left for us to really win. We pretty much conquered just about every you know federation that we had ever been into. So it was just one of those things where not only did we realize that, but the fans did, mm-hmm. and your peers did as well. Mm-hmm. You know, because even the boys in the locker room, you know, were saying the same thing even when we were gone. We were the most decorated tag team. So how many how many titles titles is there? Thirty? Twenty-four. Twenty-four. Sorry. <laughs> Notice how I jumped not, right yeah, in. Yeah. Not, not not that anyone's counting. So twenty-four tag team championships. And like you think of the greatest teams of all time. I mean I mean obviously Road Warriors comes into mind, but they probably didn't even win five or six or maybe you know, I don't know how many they won. You know, I'm not sure how many they won, but you know, one of the things and, and I always say this in interviews or what have you is that we like to take over where the Road Warriors left off because we were definitely inspired by the Road Warriors. We watched them growing up and you know, our style is very similar to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and, and how do you mean your style is very similar to well, them? Well we go in there, we just kick ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we did with, with no bones, no nothing. We just we're fighting. Right. You know, and the road warriors were like that. They went in there and they just beat the hell out of people. That's what Bubba and I do. Mm-hmm. We can, but the thing about Bubba and I is that we can adjust to any tag team. We can brawl. We can get technical. We're not flying, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you we do a little are, flying though. We we do a little flying with the what's up, but mm-hmm. if we need to, we can adjust. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing I think that makes us a little different than the road warriors. And I, we pride ourselves on being able to be in the ring with any tag team, doing anything in that ring. Mm-hmm. And you also, and I think also that that shows the longevity of you guys because we were talking yesterday, Bubba and I, and you said you're coming up on your 20th anniversary as a team. Yeah, um, April of 2016 will mark the first time that me and Devon were ever in the ring together. So, I mean, it's kind of cool that right around the time of WrestleMania will be the Dudley's 20th anniversary. <laughs> I mean. Timing is everything. Uh, yeah. you, know, you, know the, you know what the crazy part about it is that day that you and I met was when I met Chris and uh, because he was there and at ECW, uh, yeah, ECW, and I said, "Hey, Chris, how you doing?" I said, "I'm Devon, you know, Hughes, my real name, say Dudley at the time." And he goes, "Yeah, kid, how you doing?" And walked right away. From Shut me. up! <laughs> so not true. Well, no, no, that is you know so what? not true. I don't know if it's true or not, but it kind of, I kind of believe him because he's also the guy. Jericho's also the guy that went on record in WoW magazine oh my gosh <laughs> saying that I don't think the Dudleys have what it takes to make it in the WWE well, I met, wow I've never heard this before I met Snot and Dance's Whip I wasn't talking about you guys but you know it's, it's so funny that you say that because I remember that day I was thinking about it I still remember you coming up to me and saying hi my name is because it was Devon, yeah, Devon. It, it wasn't Devon yeah, it was no. Devon and I remember you had a little tattoo that has your name is it on your arm or no, something like that son. on your son's name yeah and I remember going, this guy's a friendly guy because I didn't know anybody. I'm the new guy. And everyone, you know, you know, ECW was. And he, you were nice to me. And you wouldn't, Bubba wouldn't talk to me at all. You didn't say a word <laughs> to me, man. <laughs> That's, yeah, wow. So, Wow Magazine, I said that you guys wouldn't make it yep. in the WWE. Yep. I wonder why I said that. I think yeah, I, we were wondering why, too. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe because I don't know. Maybe maybe the characters or something. Maybe were you doing the stuttering thing at the time or something still? Or no, no. At that time, we had gotten away from the stuttering thing, and me and Devon were the you know really the in your face over the top heels at that time. Maybe that's. Um, I, I had a reason. Maybe that was it. When you're you telling people, is, you know, it probably comes from a. We weren't very polished, and we never really have been polished with our look, or you know, we didn't look like your typical. WWE superstars, mm-hmm. um, but neither did Mick Foley for that matter. Yeah. You know? So I, I think maybe it was coming from a, you know these guys don't look 
you know. Well, I think at the so time too, you would go in the ring and just bash people in the front oh, row yeah. and just like basically say everything to them under the sun and using yeah. words that we can't even say. <laughs> And just there, because in ECW there was no censorship. You could say you know f off or yeah. you know I'll, I'll, I'll f your girlfriend in front of you. And maybe I think that was maybe what I was referring to along those lines because you were stiff, man. Like that was part of the of the of the Dudley's gimmick, especially with Bubba Ray, just berating people in the in the front row. You know, it got the it got to be a point in time when we were in the ring and those riots would start and. You know, finally it would calm down and Bubba would grab the mic again and he'd go, Is that all you got? And the things start flying in the ring and I go, Bubba, stop. I've got kids. Please stop. <laughs> so what would you what would you say to some people that cause riots? I couldn't even repeat it right now. But whether this is an uncensored recording and I could not repeat it. Um you, you were allowed to do anything you wanted in ECW and I just tried to be as in your face, as vulgar as... I didn't want people to just hate me because I was the heel. I wanted real disdain. I wanted people to go out there and throw bricks through our windows and slash our tires. I wanted to be... I wanted to be more hated than the babyface was loved. Mm -hmm. I wanted everybody to go home that night and say, we remember the Dudleys. And, you know, that stuff made us memorable. So, you know, you do whatever it takes to get you to the dance, and it got us to the dance. So it worked. Could never get away with it today anymore, but, you know. Do you remember a certain time when, like, someone jumped over the rail and went to attack you, or were people ever that... that... We've had people jump yeah. out of the balcony of buildings to try to... What? <laughs> yeah. yeah. At the Elks Lodge in yeah. Queens, it was, <laughs> there, was a, there was a huge balcony, mm -hmm. and... Uh, a guy jumped out of the balcony, um, landed on the floor, jumped over the guardrail to get to us <laughs> in the ring. Spider-Man? <laughs> I mean, but there, there, there were shows in ECW that were actually shut down for like a half an hour because the fans would pelt the ring with so many wow. things with, with yeah. bottles and cans of beer and nachos. and I mean, it would just be a total mess where you couldn't even wrestle because that's how... That's how much of a riot we would, you know, incite. Sue, right? You know? I remember we were wrestling RVD and uh, Sabu one night, and they were throwing so much stuff. I mean, tobacco spit, nachos, all everything in the middle of the ring. By the time Sabu and Rob Van Dam came out, Sabu goes, "What the hell? I'm not wrestling to this. I'm going back. Forget this. <laughs> Rings too dirty." Yeah. This place sucks. <laughs> so you talk about eight. So April of 2016 is your 20 year anniversary. So how did you guys get put together as a team? Were you there in ECW for a bit as singles guys? Because you didn't come in as a team. Well, we actually we did. Okay, Bubba was there six months prior to me. He was with the other, you know, Dudleys. Right. Um, I was. So were you one of the original Dudleys then? Bubba? No. So there no, was a Dudleys the, beforehand. The original two. The original three Dudleys. We're Dudley Dudley, Snot Dudley, and Big Dick Dudley. Okay, I remember Big Dick and Snot was a dude. I used to live with Snot in Smoky Mountain Wrestling in Tennessee. We were Anthony uh, something or other. But yeah. LaMonica. LaMonica. Yeah, same name. <laughs> no, it's a little, no, his is a little different. But yeah, LaMonica, LaMonaco. Yeah, he yeah. still owes me 200 bucks for the electric bill. So if you're listening, <laughs> Anthony, I still want it back. So who was Dudley Dudley? I don't remember that um, guy. That was Jeff. Jeff, the yeah. guy. The sh he wound up being a chef at Sushi on 7th in Tampa. He was one of Dean's dad's yes. guys or dean's okay. guys yeah. and dean trained him yep. jeff something or other right yeah so he was dudley. okay so the, so and the concept of the dudleys we always have a joke but but what was the original concept of the dudleys <laughs> dad why don't you tell your version okay so so, so, so the, the original dudley was a jobber 
Big who, Daddy Dudley. Big Daddy Dudley was a job guy who went from town to town and, and uh, left his seed yes. in uh, unfortunate uh, ladies across across America. And now all of his illegitimate sons came back as one giant pack of, of miscreants. Yes. Yes. Okay, is that what it was? Uh, he, exactly. he wasn't a jobber, though. <laughs> <laughs> he, was a, he was a big star. That always made he, you he so mad. Mid, he was a mid-card guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, was that ever actually ever explained? No. <laughs> okay, so in the, in the, that almost sounds like something that Raven would think of. But, you know, that seems, is it a Raven gimmick? It actually is. Yeah. Um, I believe it came uh, the from from the Hanson brothers, brothers from Slapshot, right? And that's how the what the Dudleys were. They're a bunch of goofy looking brothers yeah. who had no rhyme or reason. But once the Hanson brothers got on the ice, or the Dudleys got in the ring, they were going to go in there and they were going to you're going to stand up for each other. Yeah. Oh, yeah, stuff. Exactly. Okay, so there's three Dudleys, and then you guys. So you come in first six months prior to. No, there, there were other Dudleys before me. Yeah. There was Sign Guy Dudley. Dances with Dudley. There was Dances with. He was Dudley, the Indian the Dudley Indian guy, and, and then, then Bubba came in. Then Bubba. And you were like the Southern Dudley, right? I was originally Bubba Ray Dudley was supposed to be a skinhead. But when I got there, they're like, this kid doesn't look like a skinhead. He looks like a back, you know, backwoods hick, you know? So it was out of a scene from Deliverance. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Exactly. And if, you, if, you, if you're not familiar with the 90s Dudleys, listen to this. Go on YouTube and you'll see Bubba looking like you had the overalls yeah, and like 400 pounds, 400 pounds yeah. the glasses, and yeah. you had that look on your face. You did look like one of those guys from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> So then um, after me came Devon, and then after Devon came Spike. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you get put into the Dudleys, and then they bring you in. The, the, the gimmick is, of course, you're, you're the black Dudley. From the south side of Dudleyville. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, because all the Dudleys are actually from Dudleyville. Yeah. So this guy is like Jim Jones now. Big Daddy Dudley started his own city. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was the Samuel L. Jackson. That was what Devon was supposed to be. Devon Dudley yeah. was oh, supposed fiction. to be... Samuel L. Jackson from Paul Okay, yeah, That was so kind of the vibe of the character? That was the vibe of the character. When Paulie asked me, he goes, he asked me, he goes, who do you like? You know, who, who can you, you know, who do you emulate? And I said, well, Mr. T and, and, and I love Mike Tyson. He says, okay. He says, can you do Mr. T? And I said, yeah. So I did it for him. So he says, I want you to be somewhat that character. He says, have you ever seen Pulp Fiction? And I said, no, I haven't seen it. So he told me to go get the video and go take a look at it. And I said, well, it's ironic because both of my parents are reverends. Oh. So that's where the testify comes in. So when he asked me to do the uh, Samuel L. Jackson bit, I said, that's not a problem. It's struck a chord because it's home. And so you combine Mr. T with Samuel L. Jackson, that's what you got. That's Devon Dudley. Oh, and then fast forward when, the, remember, Vince went through the phase where he was breaking up all the tag teams. Mm -hmm. You went on your own. I think you ended up tagging with Jeff Hardy. Matt went on his own. And mm -hmm. then you were with Reverend, Reverend Devon. Yep, and I was the one that brought Batista in. Deacon Batista yep. with the, with the <laughs> with money the box. box. <laughs> Which, by the way, I'm very upset because there was a lot of money that was coming in at the time. And I was able to keep that. I mean, it was, our, it was crazy. We would start off where I would start at the top of the arena and work my way down to the arena floor into the ring. And by the time I came back in the ring, there were dollar bills flowing oh, over. Oh, so you would encourage box. fans to make oh, a donation. Yeah. I, I told Paulie, I said it would never happen. He said, Devon, if you deliver the message the way they sh you should deliver it, they'll give you money. Sure enough, people so, were dropping dollar bills inside the collection. What kind plate. of a message would you be telling them? <laughs> well, you know, it was a good he message. He's <laughs> going into preacher mode. Oh, yeah, well. 
It was a good message. Let me tell you that one. <laughs> it's funny because I had Big E on with New Day uh, a few months ago, and his dad was also a preacher, and he did right. a short period of doing the preacher gimmick. And we decided that if you're a good preacher, you have to take one-syllable words and make them into two or three syllables. Mm-hmm. Well, let me say yeah. that I want to tell you <laughs> you got to donate the money. That's like money. Seven <laughs> syllables for money. <laughs> Absolutely. And it was always the Devon Building Fund, and you know, a dollar was a terrible thing to waste. But if you give me your dollar, I'll multiply that and make you have hundreds of dollars. But I never was able to give the money back to the people. It was like, kind of like a Ponzi scheme in a sense. <laughs> <laughs> so you would go back to the dressing room and open up the box and oh, take yeah. the money out? Oh, yeah. APA would be right there looking at me going, hey, Devin, what, what, what are we going to drink tonight? Are you paying, right? <laughs> so how, how, how much did you make the most? Oh, I, I would say one night we counted, I'm going to say about three or $400. Wow. I kid you not. That's more th- it was great. That's more than I ever made for an ECW match. <laughs> I told Vince, I said, listen. <laughs> Beat me to the punch. <laughs> I looked at Vince, I said, hey, listen. I said, we can do this the right way. You don't even have to give me my contract anymore. If you let me go within the people in the mass and collect money from each and every one of them, I won't need the contract. Yeah. I'll be rich. 18000 15000 A dollar a person. That's all it costs. It. That's and all you know, people are so crazy, they would give you a dollar a person. And they did. You know? Yeah. I, they did. One day I was coming through the locker room and Triple H looked at me and said, damn, Devon. He goes, preaching is good. All right, there are some seriously talented luchadors in AEW, and not all of them speak English, which can make putting together matches a little challenging sometimes. That's why I signed up for Rosetta Stone. I'm learning Spanish, amigos, amigas. See, already learning. Haha, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. You don't even have to learn Spanish, though, because Rosetta Stone has 25 languages, including French, German, Korean, Arabic, and Polish, and Japanese. That's what I'm going to do next. I spent a lot of time in Japan, and I still work with a lot of Japanese wrestlers at AEW, like Takeshita. So having a better handle on the language will definitely show in the ring. Communication is key. And learning Spanish on Rosetta Stone has been so fun and easy. They've got this true accent feature that gives you feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. Sort of like having a personal trainer for your accent. I'm using the app, but you can also do the lessons on desktop or laptop. I also like that I can download the lessons and do them offline, which is perfect for a plane. I can sit there on a flight and work on my Espanol. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Talk is Jericho listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Jericho. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Jericho today. That's rosettastone.com slash Jericho. Do it today. How did you guys end up getting paired off just on your own? You obviously say this with, with respect to everybody. You guys were the best of, the t- of all of them. Was that pretty apparent from the start that you guys would put together? Well, what happened was um, Bubba was a baby face. And when Devon had come in, he was the righteous brother who was going to set me straight. Mm-hmm. And me and Devon had feuded for the first couple of months. And then they tried to put Devon in a tag team with Axel Rotten. And it didn't oh. work because Axel had spilled so much blood for the ECW fans that the fans loved Axel and they hated Devon. So that tag team would go out there and get a very gray reaction because they didn't know whether to cheer or boo. And at the time, my whole stuttering and dancing thing was getting old. 
It, it, it went well for like a year, but the fans were starting to get a little restless with it. And I had seen Devon, and I knew the kind of chemistry that we had working together. And I knew that at the core, I was really a heel. So I boy, ain't that the truth? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I went oh, to was no bubba. <laughs> so I went to uh, Paul, and I said, "I think if you put me and Devon together, you're going to have something here. I think this can work." And they said, "Okay, let's give it a try." And uh, from the very first night, from that we hit our very first 3D on the Sandman, uh, it, it's been you know all pretty much. You know, uphill since then. Where did you get the idea for the 3D? Because that's one of the classic moves in wrestling history, one of the, one of the best finishes. It was actually down at the ECW dojo. Did you I see mean, it somewhere? Or? Well, what had happened was I had been watching um, Nitro, and Malenko was working with Mysterio. And I remember that uh, Mysterio came off the ropes, and Malenko shot him straight into the air, and Ray took a, you know, a, a front... A pancake? Yeah, a pancake bump. Right. But Mysterio had gotten so high in the air that I said to myself, wouldn't it be great if you could turn around underneath him while he was in the air and give him a diamond cutter on the mm. way down? So that is where, like, that's the, the seed, you know, the, that's the inception of the move. And then I had hit that move on Devon. That was the first casualty of that. <laughs> to, to end our feud. And then when we had gotten together, I knew that the diamond cutter was such a, it, it was a great finishing move for a singles guy. I said, let's try to take the diamond cutter and turn it into a double team move. So we went down to the ECW dojo and we had our crash test dummy, better known as Spike Dudley, <laughs> come and take it like a hundred times from us. And at first, I mean, it was ugly because it was hard to get the time yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. Guys jackknife, and if, if you land the wrong way, it's not a pleasant yeah. feeling, but eventually it went really well. No, it became a, a trademark. Yeah, you know, we, which, which we, is... we, we were very proud of the fact that we protected our finish from day one. Um, I think only, you know, we've only allowed two people to ever kick out of it. Who's that? Uh, Masato Tanaka was one of them, mm-hmm. and obviously uh, at the end of probably a long yeah. angle or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, one other kid from TNA. So, oh, okay, that was it. Who was it? Yeah, we, we don't care. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me, let me know on the Twitter. I'm sure the fans know who it was, and I really don't know, and he won't tell me. So, uh, hit no, me no, up. no, it was Chris Saban. Okay. Oh, okay. It, it was a way for me and Devon to eventually go our separate ways. All right, right, right. So um, I had blamed Devon for Saban kicking out of the 3D, and that was how me and Devon, you know. You Which know, is a good angle because you protected it so well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who else could use that as a, as, a, as a starting point to break up a team? I just right. figured it was something nobody had ever, no team has ever argued about their finishing. Yeah. Game. So I, I thought it was kind of a cool way to do it. What did uh, Scott Hall say to you when he first came in with the NWO? Oh, God. <laughs> Love the story. We, we were in the Staples Center. We're backstage. It's probably about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and Scott was there, and me and Devon walk up to him, and he turns around and he goes, Hey, Dudleys, man, so good to see you. Can't wait to work with you. Take your finish. One, two, kick out. <laughs> I just put my head down. I go, here we go. <laughs> Steam was coming out of my ears. <laughs> now, we were talking before about TNA when you guys worked there. And before you left, Bubba, you, had, you guys had already broken. You were already gone, right, Devon? Yeah, I was gone. I was pretty gone. I was. Um... Wait, gone from where? From TNA. 
Like you were working as a single in team. Like the Dudleys weren't oh, weren't yes, existent yes, yes, at that yes, point. Yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Just my. I mean, the first three or four years with TNA, you know, was was good, pretty good. But then after a while, we just didn't see eye to eye on a lot of things mm-hmm. creatively. Both you guys, or just but just you, Devon, basically, gotcha. and um, it left a bad taste in my mouth. Mm. And um, you know, I wish you know that company all the best. But you know, as far as me being there and and, and doing anything, I just I felt it was just time for me to leave and. Wasn't wasn't right to be there. Anymore. How did you feel about that, Bubba, when Devon was going to leave? I, 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 he he did what he had to do because when once me and him went our separate ways, storyline wise, there was really nothing left, and we had agreed to try to make it on our own. I never had a desire to be a singles wrestler ever since the first day I started watching wrestling. I always knew that I wanted to be a part of a tag. Really, team. I grew up watching. Korea and Martel and the Samoans and Fuji and Saito and all those guys and I love tag team wrestling. Devon on the other hand always had a little bit of an itch to try to be a singles wrestler. So it was kind of like, all right, Devon, let's see what we can do with this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wound up working out pretty well for the both of us. Um, we both had nice, you know, singles runs down there in TNA, um, and then that came to an end and. Me and Devon kind of got back together for a little gig with the Hardys. And then, and like that was at it. an independent show? No, at TNA. Oh, at TNA. Okay, yeah. okay. I had seen Matt Hardy at a wedding, and we just got to talking, and I said, hey, I got this crazy idea. Why don't we try to do a nostalgia match? And he was totally into it. I went back to the people at TNA. I said, why don't we see what we can do with Matt? And we wound up uh, doing some good business with them for a couple of months. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the well had run dry. There was nothing left to do there. And um, from a business point of view, they they weren't doing what they needed to do to keep the company in the right position and to survive. How, so. how was it for you guys when you first went to TNA after leaving here and you couldn't use the, the, Dudley, the Dudley name, the Dudley boys? You know, Chris, it, I mean, at first it was just like, you know, it's our name. It's who we are. You know, you're stripping us of who we are. Then it just got to the point where, you know what, you can call us Joe, you can call us Mike, you can call us whatever you want, but we're on that TV, you know, we're the Dudley boys. Mm-hmm. They're going to know who we are. But I think Team 3D worked out tremendously, you know, Bubba Ray and Devon. It, it was an unbelievable way to... to it's, it, it, was, it was the best name you could have had besides the Dudleys. And in a lot of ways, it might have been even better because it gave you, once again, we talked about stagnant, it gave you something new. Because I remember when that happened, because I think... I don't know for sure, but because Paul E. owned that name or ECW was an ECW name, when Vince bought the rights to ECW, he then gets the rights to all, everybody's names. The Dudley name was an original intellectual property of ECW. Right. And when Vince bought ECW out of bankruptcy court, he gets all of the original intellectual property. So technically... Yes. Well, I mean, legally, he does own the name. We could have fought him tooth and nail, but the way I looked at it was, or the way we looked at it was this. We got a really cool finishing move that people like to scream the name of before we hit it. Why don't we just name the team after the finish? And the Road Warriors weren't the Road Warriors when they came to the WWE. They were the Legion of Doom. Mm-hmm. So everybody, people knew who we were. We just had to kind of changed the name a little bit, and it wound up working because we were Team 3D for like 10 years. Yeah, that's right. So it's and like you were, we were almost Team... Th- we've been Team 3D as long as we were the Dudleys. Dudleys. Yeah. And you were Bully Ray. With- B- 
Bully Ray came after. What that. was the original name for you? Just Brother Ray? Ray. Brother Ray. Brother Ray. Brother Devon. But Brother Ray is great too because if you say it fast enough, it sounds like Bubba Ray. Well, actually, here's a story that I don't think I don't think I've ever told. The original name was supposed to be the Deadly Brothers. Oh. And it was going to be Brother Ray Deadly and Brother Devon Deadly. Yeah. <laughs> That's great, right? So uh, it was close enough, but just different enough. So we actually had merchandise made and everything. And about a week before we were supposed to debut for TNA, um, word of of our name got out on the internet. And I was really, really annoyed that the that it got out there, and I was uh, I, I just got pissed. And I always knew we had Team 3D to fall back on, so I said, "Screw it, we'll just call ourselves Team 3D." Mm. But originally, it was supposed to be the Deadly Brothers, mm-hmm. which is is so interesting to me because I remember when Taz came to Dota B. Who? Uh, this guy Taz. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, God. On that one. They gave him two Zs, yeah. and he was called Taz. When Rhino came, he's R-H-Y-N-O. So why couldn't you guys just call yourselves, like, the Dudley Boys with, like, D-U-U-D-L-E-Y or something? Um, it, it's called just- confusion in the marketplace. That's the legal term for it. Um, they were allowed to do it, you know, with changing the spellings. Because when they got to WWE, they changed the spellings. So if anybody wanted to fight up to the WWE, right. you know, it's going to take too much money. Yeah. You know? So if we would have tried to do anything with the Dudley name and fight him in court, I actually had a friend who was a trademark attorney and said, listen, you can take this to court and I'll charge you friend prices. It's going to cost you $100,000. Yeah. Uh, you I don't think neither one of us wanted to spend that. You, you can't. And plus, why? For, for the past 10 years, four times a year, we still got royalty checks for the Dudley name. Yeah. Uh, so it, yeah. it wound up working out just but, fine. But you just made a good point, though. It's like, and, and, and you got, like, it worked out even probably better than if you would have just kept Dudley's, but you can't fight Vince yeah. legally. Like, like I said, I was like, okay, we'll just add a Z and call him Taz then. Well, they might sue us. Okay, fine. McDevitt to hold them up in court for the next four years and yeah. they'll give up soon enough. You know? Exactly. And I think exactly. that's the way to do it. It takes too much money to go to, go to court. So how did, how did you guys end up making the decision to come back to the WWE? Because you weren't a team for a while at this point. You mentioned you did the thing with the Hardys and then you left TNA, Devon. Yeah. You stayed, Bubba, and did some stuff, some, some good stuff there. How did it end up coming back to you being here back well, in the WWE? I think it was always a plan for did you us know? to come back. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it was evident. I mean, even the fans knew at one point we would have to come back because we left in 2005. Not that we left on a bad note, but there was unfinished business. And, you know, everybody comes back at least once or twice. Mm-hmm. And being that, you know, we had only came through the doors once, it was only fitting that we come back again a second time because, you know, we still can go. We still look good. <laughs> I was just gonna say you guys look exactly the same as like Bubba. You probably you looked exactly the same, Devon. And Bubba, you've lost a lot of weight, and you're actually a lot more muscular than you were before. It's amazing yeah. to me. I mean, we're in better shape now than we were 15, 20 years mm-hmm. ago. And not to mention, we're a lot smarter, right? You know, so you know, it, it's weird when you first come into the business. When you first come into a company like this, you're just so gun ho. You know, oh, I want to do this, I want to do that, and you're gonna party and this and that and whatever. And your mind is not really thinking business. Now you come back the second time and it's like, okay, we got our stuff in order. This is what we're going to do. We're going to take care of business this time. Mm-hmm. And being that our heads are you know, on straight, not that it wasn't before, but it's even more now, it was only the right time to come back. And again, I just think it was only a matter of time because we've always talked about it. Mm-hmm. It was just a matter of when. 
it really has to do with the age-old adage of timing is everything. Um, I had gotten the phone call about the Royal Rumble. And they because had, it was in Philadelphia. Correct. It was in Philly. Um, my, they told me that my name came up. They thought it was interesting. They gave me the call. Hey, would you like to come back? We, we talked for about a couple of minutes, and I said, yeah, I think it would be a good opportunity because even though I would have liked to have come back with Devon, I said, this is an opportunity for me to go back and remind the WWE that the people still know who the Dudleys are. So went back and I was in that ring for five minutes and that's all that we really needed. How was it that day? Were you hiding at all? Did you have to hide? Were you surprised or? Yeah, they put, they put me, DDP, and the boogeyman on a, on a tour bus, <laughs> and they hit us away all day long. Oh, the conversations which, you must have had. I love DDP. I, I love him as a person. I love him as a wrestler, but there's only so much <laughs> you can hear about yoga. <laughs> Especially when you're in a six-by-six six bus <laughs> for seven hours. You know? And then it gets to the point where he gets you on the floor, and he tries to put your own foot behind your head, and you <laughs> Can you honestly see Bubba putting his leg behind his head? He's like, he's like I a just mo- don't bend that way. <laughs> he's like a modern-day Stu Hart. Come here, let me uh, show you something. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, the rumble went really well. And How did you feel about the reaction? Because you got a major, huge reaction. I, it was great because I, I'm not trying to sound like a... I'm telling you, you got a great act reaction. I knew the kind of, of reaction because most people, when they leave the WWE, they kind of fall into obscurity. Me and Devon didn't. We left and we went to every corner of the world you could possibly go to wrestle right. and stayed relevant. And huge companies, New Japan, yeah. even TNA at that point was was really big. Sure. Right. In 2006-07. So fans of the WWE knew who we were. All of these new fans knew who we were. So it was kind of like, I'm going to go back there just to remind everybody that the Dudleys are still well known. Mm-hmm. And after I think, you know, the fans loved it. They were clamoring for it. As a matter of fact, my last 30 seconds in the ring, they were chanting for Devon. And I was like, this is perfect because yeah. people want to see it. And now, you know, the, you know, the upper echelon of WWE hears this right. and they know, okay, we got something here. So during that time, you know, we talked back and forth and, you know, eventually when the time was right, we just said, okay, let's make it happen. Were you watching the Royal Rumble when Bubba was on, Devon? Yeah, absolutely. How'd you, how'd you, what'd you think? I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. I mean, to, and I told him, I called him uh, right after, and I said, this is great. The reaction that he got was just, it, it just blew me away. Because, again, it, the people never forgot. And it, it really, you know, it made me swell up inside. Because to hear that reaction when he came out, and then right before he got eliminated to hear, we want Devon, that was just, I, right then I knew. So mm-hmm. people were asking me, they said, well, Devon, did you feel left out and this and that? I said, no. I said, because he got the reaction he did, and then them chanting Devon, let me ask you a question. How many tag teams that's ever been in this business where one has gone out right. and never been there, and then all of a sudden they start chanting for the other one? So that just shows yeah. you right there. We are a team thick and thin no matter what. When you think of Bubba, you think of Devon. When you think of Devon, you think of Bubba. My reaction to that was, and I look at it from a biblical sense, is that, listen, if God wanted me to be there, I would have been there. But I wasn't. I was where I needed to be. And him being there and them chanting the name and all of that, that was enough to fuel the fire. That's cool. So you're talking about this, and I was just thinking, you guys are obviously so close. 20 years is a long time, and you haven't worked together all that time, but probably the majority 
17 of those years you were together. Have you guys ever had any fights? Ever any drop down? A one. one. Bubba's got his finger up for one. <laughs> I say that proudly, though. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. How long have you been in the business? Oh, 25 years. How many tag teams? Oh, that's you, what I mean. How many tag teams like each other? Oh, one out of ten. Okay. If hold that. On, hold on. I remember you and I, we were in WWE for about six months, maybe a year. And we're, on, we're getting on a plane, a group flight, and we're all sitting down. And you and I, when we got there, we were all sitting together. Chris gets on the plane. He goes, well, damn, the Dudleys eat together. They room together. <laughs> he goes, you guys got to sit together, too? <laughs> we, but, we've uh, only had <laughs> one fight that lasted for about two minutes. And that was really it. Was yeah. pushing? Was there like what, what yeah. happened? It was, yeah. it was kind of yeah. It was just it was just one of those things. I, Until it, Steven Regal came in and put me in this hole. That to this day, I have no idea what it was. <laughs> there's only two people who knew about it. It was Regal and Briscoe and X-Pac. No, 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 X-Pac. no. Well, they found out about it the next day. Regal and what was the referee's name? He was from Canada. Jimmy Corderas. Oh, Jimmy Corderas. Jimmy Balderas. <laughs> and and we saw we saw Corderas about. Six months ago, and he pulled me on the side, and he goes, Bubba, I just want you to know that I never told anybody the story. <laughs> That's cool, man. You know? Um, yeah, that what was happened? It. What, what was the fight about? Do you remember? I don't even remember. Just it was, around too much, each other. I, I, I think we had had a match, and I think maybe one or two things went wrong, and Devon came back and goes, Bubba, what'd you think? I'm like, I don't know. What did you think? Yeah. And he's like, why are you getting like that? I was like, what? It, was just, it was just a frustrating yeah, yeah. moment. I mean, I mean, bands, you know, rock and roll bands oh. can't even, you know, oh. stand the sight of each other and, unless they're on stage and together. And plus, you guys still travel together, too, yeah, which yeah. is like, that's what I'm saying. That's incredible with the amount of time you, you genuinely like each other. You travel together. You're working together. Yeah. I mean, that's rare. And we're in rare. business together outside of wrestling. Right. You get your own wrestling school, school as well. Yeah, so, so, man, I, that, that's a real What's the name of our school, Chris? Uh, Dudley Boys Pro Wrestling School. No, it's called, <laughs> Hard Knocks. It's called the Team 3D Academy. <laughs> Academy <laughs> located in Kissimmee, Florida. Florida. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll run all that down in the pre-roll. <laughs> you know who's living large at my house? My three cats, Mr. Mittens, Indy, and Snickers. And you know why? Because we switched them to Pretty Litter. Okay, so it's really me and my wife and my daughters who are living large, thanks to Pretty Litter. Because Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly, so no more bad cat smells in the bathroom Pretty Litter crystals last up to a month, so less cat litter box cleaning for all of us and less fighting about whose turn it is to clean the litter box. I got to deal with this fight every single week between my daughters. This makes it so much easier. Pretty Litter also ships right to our front door, so no more last-minute mad scramble runs to the store because we're out of kitty litter. And Pretty Litter has another cool feature that makes life just a little easier. It helps us keep tabs on our cat's health. It changes colors so you can monitor early signs of potential illnesses, like urinary tract infections and kidney issues. It's easily the best thing we've done for ourselves and our cats in a very long time. Like I said, Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. Those are two big wins in my house, meow. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. So go to prettylitter.com slash Jericho and use code Jericho to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash Jericho. Code Jericho to save 20%. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Bubba Ray and Devon Dudley sitting here with me as we've been talking. I was running through the other tag teams in my head, and two of the teams genuinely like each other. Two of them because they're brothers, Matt and Jeff. And then you got Edge and Christian, which grew up together. Which brings me to the golden age of WWE tag team wrestling. What, were you but say what about a it? coincidence yeah. that those are the only other right. teams you can think of. 
along with us and how those six guys gelled together. Yeah, incredible. If, if those if those three teams didn't like each other, wow. those three teams couldn't exist with each other. Mm-hmm. You know? That mm-hmm. that's why that works so well. So Because you work together all the time. Combinations of the two, you a lot of three ways, I believe Two WrestleManias, right? Or just one? Uh, three. Three WrestleManias? Three? Hardys versus Dudleys versus E&C? Well, WrestleMania in Anaheim. Right. That was the first three-way ladder match. Mm-hmm. And then WrestleMania 17 was TLC 2. Right. So when was TLC 1? SummerSlam in the Carolinas. And that was the three of you as well? Correct. So first of all, how did you... Um, because they, they kind of had started a little bit of the latter thing, Edge and Christian and, and the Hardys. Then you guys came into the WWE and you were integrated in it. Tell us a little bit about those latter matches that you had. Because you raised the bar at the time, maybe even too far, it seemed. I, I think with, with, with Edge and Christian and the Hardys, it was two of the same styles. So you had four guys who were flying all over the ring. And then once we stepped into the mix, now you added the complete opposite. You added the ground game. You added the power guys. So everybody complemented each other so well. You know, you had the big, you know, bruisers and Bubba and Devon. You had the high flyers in Matt and Jeff. And you had the really entertaining guys in Edge and Christian. So you put that all together and it was just a, a, a huge recipe for success and we all gelled from day one. We all got along. We all did great business together. And we all only had one disagreement. Yeah. Which one was that? At WrestleMania. The, the first one with no, the ladder? The second one. The TLC. TLC, the second one in 17. What happened? We, we, were, we, we were trying to, obviously we were trying to top what we had done in the first WrestleMania and in the first TLC match. So we went into a private suite in the Astrodome with no agents, no WWE representatives, and we were going to hash out this match on our own because we kind of knew what we wanted to do. And I don't remember everything perfectly because somebody in this room not named Devon gave me my worst concussion of my life. So And I'll never live that down. No, 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 me, me. I'll never live down the wow comment. I'll never live down the concussion that I, that I gave him on purpose. So we were... We got to a heated discussion debate about which was going to be the final bump of the match, Hmm. whether it was going to be the spear in midair or it was going to be me and Matt going off the ladder through the four tables. Hmm. And I wanted it to be the spear. Hmm. And yeah. it didn't work. It didn't wound up. Wind what, up what, what was the last? Me and Matt going through the four tables. So in retrospect, was that the right one? If you watch it back, you know, I think it all. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, well, I think go either way. Now, who who took the spear? Was that the one that you took? No, that was what Jeff took from from Edge. Because you don't like heights. Hate them. <laughs> Hate them. Okay, you, so you and I have had ladder, been on ladders, yes, and you're like, Devon, go up." I said, "No, Chris, stop." <laughs> was there a time when you were hanging from it, or uh, hanging when, when they pulled the, yeah, the ladder? Yeah, yeah. T- t- I remember that story, but I don't remember uh, the story. Tell uh, me about it. Well, you know, we were. This was at the TLC uh, for SummerSlam, and everybody had their big bumps that they were going to go through, and they go, "Well, we need somebody to hang. What, who can we get?" And of course, I'm trying to hide, and they go, <laughs> "Devon, Jeff," and that's when. Damn. And I remember well, we knew Jeff was going to hang, but right. we just didn't know who he was going to hang yeah. with. 
So I'm sitting up there, and I remember we're in the arena the night before, and they got the crash pads on the bottom, and they have the ladder going up so you can see how high the, you the belts. And Bubba goes, Devon, go up there and see if you're going to. I go, no, 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 I got this. Mm-hmm. He goes, Devon, get over your fear. I said, Bubba, I'm not going up on a ladder until the night of the show. Mm-hmm. He goes, but if you get up there and you panic and you don't go up there, he was like, it's going to be bad. I said, Bubba, leave me alone. I got it. <laughs> so we, we get to the show, and I take Matt because he's on the top, and he's taking his bump, and I dump the ladder, and he goes backwards out of the ring through the table. So now it's me and Jeff. <clears throat> Jeff, me and Jeff are going up. So I remember Edge going, once you start to climb, do not look down. All of a sudden, we get up there and we grab it. And I can see the cheap seats and see the people right there. (laughs) And all of a sudden, Jeff starts kicking me. And I look down and the ladder is still there. Edge hasn't moved it. And I'm screaming at Jeff, if you ever loved me or liked me, for the love of God, you would stop kicking me. (laughs) And I went, don't look down, don't look down. And I look down again and the ladder's gone. I went, oh, oh shit, oh, oh God. And and Edge goes, Devon, don't look down. I go, I already did. And Jeff is just kicking, and I'm screaming at him, please stop, please stop. And finally, I guess he got went out of breath or something, and he like stopped for that little bit, and I just said, okay, just let go. And when I let go, it was like jumping out of a building. Oh, my you gosh. Ever, you ever go in a building in a silent movie? In a, in a movie, and it, the, the, the guy jumps out of the building, and it's like it gets silent yeah, until yeah, he hits yeah, the yeah, button, yeah. and that's what I felt. That's wow. exactly what it felt like because we were legitimately at least almost 30 feet up in the air. Absolutely. So when you look at that, not only did I let go, but the way I landed, I just made my body come flat. And it was just like out of a movie. The minute I hit, boom, it was just like. He was able to take a flat back bump from up there. That's, was, cr- yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. I don't know how I did it. And then we tried to do it the second time. And I almost did it. But what happened was I panicked. <laughs> and you went and did crazy. it again? We did it again. It, it's oh. in 17. Oh, so it was just one of those things where I, I've never taken that bump of just free falling from from the hang. Yeah, it was it was. Uh, I mean, I would. You know what? I mean, I. I oh God, I don't want to say it. No, I'm not going to say it. I was going to say I would do it again, but no. <laughs> <laughs> nope. We, we we had a TLC once, or sorry, Money in the Bank once, and the finish was me and Cena fighting for it, and he fell off, and something happened where I'm holding on to the briefcase as it's still hanging from the hook and I swing back and swing back in again and something happens Cena nails me he takes the case off when he went to take the case off the handle broke so I was hanging from it and obviously the handle was ready to go I came back just in time so he pulled off and went bink and I was thinking, man, that could have been it for me. Yep. Sure. It's so amazing how all of us and your concussion, which was at one of the TLCs in Vegas for people that don't know, you got a bad concussion. It's so amazing to me that there wasn't more injuries in those matches because they're so death-defyingly crazy. But we just went and did them because that's what our job was. You know, one of the- I don't even look at the concussion as like that. That's like that's like a little thing, a byproduct of the risk you're going to take. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's not even like a big deal. But when you do go back and look at all of the real oh. death-defying things yeah. Oh, yeah. that were done. No broken bones, no major, just, just some bumps and bruises the next day. I mean, none of us should have walked out of those matches alive. Yeah. You know? I mean, you just said, what's the, what's the last bump? The, the bump off the ladder through four tables or the hanging from the thing and dropping 25 feet? Right. Well, gee, I don't know. Which one do you think is better? Like, <laughs> that's crazy. The, the margin for error is so slim in all of those. Now, was the first TLC at 17, was that the first TLC ever? No, that was the second one. Oh, the but first one. Summer, SummerSlam. But, but you guys were in the first TLC ever. Yeah, we, yes. in, we invented, invented TLC it. about 15 minutes after the first triangle ladder match. What had happened was 
Anaheim, WrestleMania, the first triangle ladder match between Hardy's, Dudley's, Edge, and Christian. But which, in my opinion, was actually a TLC match because we used tables, ladders, and chairs. But it wasn't called It wasn't TLC. officially called So that, right? we're all standing in the back after the match, and we're all having a great time, you know, going, hey, that was great, that was great. And Michael Hayes, you know, came over and he said, you know, I really like the way you incorporated the tables, the ladders, and the chairs. And one of us, I think it was me, said hey, great, if we ever get to do it again, we could always call it a TLC. Mm. And that's really... That's it took. That, that, that's where it was born. And then at SummerSlam, we were going to have the first ever tables, ladders, and chairs match. And that's how it was born. When you guys were putting that together, like you said, you already had elements of it anyways. But I remember we were in the first elimination chamber. And... You know, you want to make it memorable. You want to make it something really, really unforgettable. But you can't go back and watch any to see, like, how do you do this? So I think maybe this might have been a little easier, Table Ladders and Chairs, because you had the elements. But was there pressure on you to really try and make something special? I think so. Yeah. When you do, when you, you know, we did, what we did at WrestleMania, it was like, wow. I mean, you know, the boys in the back, the fans, of course. It was just like, wow, how do you top that? And then you hear again that you're going to do it at SummerSlam three months later it's like well what can we do the second time to top what we did the first time and to our credit we did it now all of a sudden you fast forward to nine months and here we got wrestlemania 17 in houston okay how the hell are we gonna top <laughs> SummerSlam and last year's wrestlemania so it was like the, in, in houston we added more people to the mix you know, we, we took what we did in, in, you know, the first one and the second one, and we just added more people. With this, had more storyline to it, and it just went like Because, like, each team also had their unofficial yeah, third, third yeah. member, right? Marty's had Lita, right. Edge and Christian had Rhino, and we had, yeah, Spike. had Spike. So it really worked out really, really well, and it was just one of those things where, again, all of us, it was like magic. And, you know, you hit it, you said it was amazing how we didn't break any bones or anything like that. I remember after the first one, the triangle match, the, the camera caught us all hugging each other mm-hmm. and because it was one of those things where we knew we escaped death yeah yeah right <laughs> we really did yeah and we knew that we were under the microscope that first wrestlemania because if we would have failed there's no telling where our careers would have been we had to hit a home run mm-hmm. we and had to the in, the thing for me was i didn't feel any pressure on the first triangle ladder match I didn't feel much pressure TLC 1, and I didn't feel much pressure TLC 2, because the, all that pressure came with the territory of being where you are and, you know, doing what we do. I didn't start feeling pressure until TLC 3. The forgotten TLC. The forgotten TLC that you were in. Yeah. We joke about it, but the reason I started feeling pressure on that one is now I started to feel like, all right, the the office and the writers and creative must feel like these guys can do this on any given right. day. And do you, we were in a position now where we had to, how the hell can we possibly top things? Now we're adding new guys to the mix because TLC three was you and Benoit, right? And was yeah. there anybody, who else was it? No, it was, it was the same three, but with me and Chris involved, it was, well, it was him and, him and uh, me and Spike. Spike. I wasn't there. Oh, you weren't there. I was yeah. doing the Reverend Devon. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So now we were, we're adding more guys maybe to the was, mix. Was Matt, Matt was in it, but was it you and Jeff and maybe Matt and somebody else? I, I, I don't honestly, remember I don't yeah. remember. I don't, I don't think one of them was in there. I think okay. one was, but not the other. Once we got to TLC four and then Raw Roulette TLC five, then it was like, man, this is a little too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when I started to feel the pressure because now you just sit there. And you kind of look at each other and go, 
I mean, we're all real creative guys. We've right. all been doing this for a long time, but you kind of sit there and look at each other and go, what the F are we going to do? What are you going to do? do, right. We can't and, top it. And do you remember the circumstances be- behind TLC3, the forgotten TLC? Do you remember why we did that? No. I'll tell you why. Because the night before, we were in uh, San Jose where it was me and Chris against Steve and Triple H. We beat them for the tag titles, and that's the night Triple H tore his quad. So all of Raw that night, or I believe it was Raw, yeah, it was Raw. All of Raw that had been written around Triple H and Steve, so they had to come up with something quick. We got on the plane to fly from San Jose to uh, Anaheim. When we got off the plane, we all had a message. You guys are doing a TLC tonight. Go right to the building. Oh, and it was Anaheim, which is an early day. TV starts at 5, and we landed at like 11 or noon, totally and we had forgot. to go straight. Remember that? We had to go straight to work. To like, what are we going to do? So we had five hours to prepare for that one, Not mentally right. and physically and you know creatively which i think to me is another reason why that one stands out for me because boy talk about being under the gun you know yeah, absolutely yeah. absolutely Those, yeah so yeah. i think we were really good under pressure him and us the hardys christian and edge and hell even us against you and christian uh that <laughs> segment where we uh <laughs> unpants you on top gotta tell this story <laughs> is, is, is that is that the ass cream that's the ass cream that's the ass cream <laughs> what happened with this and i'll let you take over just as a quick background we had just gone to india we come back from India. Everybody's sick. Regal got this terrible heart disease. Yeah, Al Booker. Snow, t- uh, Tommy Dreamer, Lance, everyone's sick. We're putting together a match, me and Jay, against uh, Goldust and Booker. Yeah. And Vince's edict that day to Brian Gewertz was, I want you to be entertaining. So Booker and Goldust were going to steal our clothes. So we had it all worked out. And it was the whole first eight segments of the show was built around this. Mm-hmm. And f- about 20 minutes before showtime, I see Booker get carted out on a stretcher. He's got dehydration. And they go, you're working with the Dudleys now. So now we have to put this together very quickly. But now, remind you, we're already putting a match together with Law Resistance, and we're supposed to go out in 10 minutes mm. to do Sunday Night Heat. Oh, so wow. So that's how close we were. It was 7.30. I'm sorry, it was uh, 8.30. And remember, Roy back then began Started at 9. Started at 9, yeah. So we're about to go live on the air, and we're about to do Sunday Night Heat with Law <laughs> Resistance. We had this match all planned out. We're ready to go. I'm oiled up. He's ready to go. And all of a sudden, the plug had been pulled. And it was like, Law Resistance, we're changing the match. Dudley's you're with Christian and, and, and Jericho. We went, what? Oh, oh, by the way, it's three sec, three to four, five, or whatever yeah. segments. We went, what the hell? And we all get in the room, and we're just like, uh. Yeah, but that, do you remember what happened in the room? Oh, I remember. <laughs> oh, I remember. What happened? <laughs> you know. <laughs> we're, oh, me, Devon, you, and Christian are sitting there. And me, Demon, and Christian are being very, very calm, and we're trying to think of what to do. And you stand <laughs> up and you go, "Okay, everybody, just relax. We're gonna figure this out." And we kind of just all looked at you like we're pretty much relaxed. <laughs> I would, you're right. I was like, just calm down, everyone. Calm down. You're like, we're calm. What are yeah. you talking about? What's wrong? Okay, just make sure. I'll never forget when Booker got wheeled by. It was like something out of a, out of a comedy movie. Like, what are you doing? Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! So then, and that was the famous. Uh, you guys go through our bags and yeah. find the ass cream. Yep, that was, that was. I think it came out well. Fans remember it to this day. This you know, day, fans no. still. You know, remind us about it when we see them or on Twitter. It's what was your funny. line? <laughs> what are you doing with ass cream, might I ask? What is ass cream? What do you do with it, might I ask? <laughs> and the best part of that was that Vince wanted you guys to pull out um, a lingerie, like as if we were cross-dressers. Right. But we didn't. 
Because I said, what are you talking about? Oh. <laughs> and he goes, well, what else are we supposed to put in? And that's when Gord's came up with ass cream. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you went from lingerie to ass cream. And then right. Spike came and pulled our towels yeah. off, yeah. and Vince wanted us to be legit naked. Yeah, but, then you, wait, but then you have something underneath that? Yes, because yeah. once again, I was like, are you kidding me? He goes, what are we supposed to do then? I said, there's little kids out there. You want us to be legitimately naked? But how funny is that? We're talking about it today, yeah. right? And, you know, the, the era we live in today, yeah. you know, everything is nice and clean and PG. And <laughs> Vince wanted you to be naked. I said, Vince, there's little kids out there. And he goes, well, what am I supposed to do? I said, well, put one of those little, like, Japanese things in the pornos where they have the little Rubik's Cube things over there. I said, have them make us a little nylon, you know, jock strap sort of thing. You know, we talked about Spike a, a bunch of times. And um, talk about a guy who just completely against all odds came in here and had actually a pretty good run because Spike was very, very small. Maybe even – well, actually, it was smaller than Mysterio because Mysterio had a little bit more muscle mm-hmm. to him. So how did the whole concept of Spike – you mentioned he started in ECW. What was the mindset for that? Well, the, the story that people might not know about Spike, talking about talk about a real underdog – Spike had sent a tape to ECW, like a tryout tape, and they looked at it in the dojo, and they called them and said, yeah, if you can get here, we'll give you a look. Spike lived in California. Wow. Spike packed up his entire house into his tiny little car, took his dog, and drove 3,500 miles to Deer Park, New York, where I picked him up. To bring him to the ECW dojo just to see if he had what it took. So that's, you know. He came I, out without even a guarantee. He came out just for a chance. Came yeah. out with nothing. Wow. Nothing. So, I mean, that's some real old school you know, stuff right there. And uh, he showed up, and I, I don't even remember what he did his first night, but. He, he came out of a, a, a potato sack. Well, yeah, Big Dick, Big Dick took him out of a potato sack. Yeah. yeah, and he was Spike Dudley, and, and and it just worked so well, and he gelled so well with me and Devon because he was the undersized brother that we would always bully, and then he would fight back, and people loved him. He came to WWE. He did a great job. Here. Did you bring him into WWE, or was he brought in around the same time as you guys? No, he didn't. Me and Devon were WWE recruited us from East, uh, from mm. ECW. They knew that they wanted me and Devon. They wanted the Dudley act. I think once ECW went under, that's when they said, hey, you know, we'll take you on also, Spike. And he did really well here. Absolutely. Yeah, he was in, involved in a couple of great storylines. He was he, involved he, with us. He worked a, a couple matches with Austin. Yeah, yeah when Austin true, yeah. was at his yeah. peak. So was, his, was Spike's gimmick that he was kind of like a little bit drugged up, like a little bit of an acid head or something? No, that's oh. in real life. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he was the runt of the litter. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. Right. Mid-Carter Big Daddy Dudley <laughs> had relations with a little person, and out came Spike Dudley. And was doing LSD in the process. <laughs> Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money? A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV, starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start Start saving today. today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. So, uh, and then another thing we're talking about too is when you said you mentioned that you that you made the choice, you were recruited from from ECW 
to by WWE. Was it a hard decision to leave ECW at that point in time? I, I know. To me, it was. Really? Um, because Cause wasn't the writing kind of on the wall, though? But was it still going strong? Well, no. We were. I, I think Bub and I realized that we couldn't do really pretty much anything else in ECW, so it was time to move on. And Bubba had always known that I wanted to come here to the WWE. Mm-hmm. And so when the opportunity arose, it was kind of like I got cold feet. In a sense, I remember one of the arguments me and Bubba had, um, he said, what is wrong with you? And I was like, ah, I don't know, maybe we should stay here. He was like, you're feeling comfortable and this and that. You wanted to go there and now all of a sudden you don't want to go. And I think it was the first time Bubba actually legitimately hung up on me. Mm. <laughs> but but you, you, you said, Bubba, I just read in WoW magazine, Jericho doesn't think we can make it. <laughs> So, Bubba, you hung up on him. You're like, I, I, I don't even remember. remember but we, we got into it for a little bit, and then, you know, I, I hung up the phone, and my, my wife at the time, who's now my ex-wife, thank God, uh, but, uh, <laughs> she um, basically pulled me aside, and she said, you know, I don't get it. She goes, all your life you've been wanting to go to the WWE. You now have the chance to do it, and now you're scared. Hmm. And that just made things open my eyes, you know, a lot quicker. And I was just like, all right, I'm, I'm going to do it. So I called him up, and I apologized, and I said, you're right. Let's go and do this, and let's take a chance. We had, you know, when they called us up, you know, we had let Paul know, and I don't think it sat too well with him, but, you know, we just had to do what we had to do because the WWE is top of the food chain. That's why, you you know, we both growing up in New York, you know, mm-hmm. WWE as kids, it was, just, it was just time to go. And I didn't, we didn't know what to expect, but the first meeting we had, we knew, we were like, wow, because our first meeting was with Vince Russo, Ed Ferrara, Jim Ross, Bruce Pritchard, and Vince. Yeah, Vince. Vince walked That's in. a hell of a first meeting to wow. have. Wow, where was yeah. that at? At the, the office. office. Really? Yeah. And then they called us back for a second meeting, and it was just with JR and Vince. Wow. And so... So what were they saying to you? I think... Now that I think back, I think it was a feeling out process because of what happened with the public enemy. The public enemy had come before us and left a really bad taste in a lot of people's mouths mm-hmm. uh, in WWE, mm-hmm. you know, with the way they conducted themselves as businessmen and just in the back. So there was also to just interject. There was the, the ECW. Paulie was great at exemplifying strengths, hiding weaknesses. Right. Sure. So a lot of guys came over and were just exposed because Paulie had protected them very specifically. Yes. So maybe there was a little bit of that as well. I also think that because Bubba, you know, when he just said it, just rang a bell. I remember Jr. kept specifically saying over and over again. You know, boys, we got a good locker room. Mm. You don't want to mess that up. Thinking you'd be shit disturbers, maybe, or something. You know, yeah. yeah, I kept saying that. And, you know, we got guys that really want to work hard and, you know, not, you know, do anything to disrupt that. And I, I just remember now that Bubba said he kept saying that over and over and over again. Maybe he had a reputation or maybe ECW had a reputation because of well, Public Enemy. We were more successful than the Public Enemy. We were really the... F- Better. The focal point. Thanks. We were really the... F- like one of the major, you know, acts in mm-hmm. ECW. So absolutely, I don't. They may not have known what they were going to get, and we showed up that first day. We were ultra professional. Listen, at the end of the day, we were both brought up, you know, you know, very respectful in this business. We come from good families, you know. We're, we're decent human beings, which the WWE always looks for. So when they had those first couple of meetings, I think they realized, all right, these guys got their heads on straight, mm-hmm. so we can do some good business with them, you know, which we did. So, mm-hmm. but we were also put to the test. I mean. They were like, yeah, they're good guys and good business people, but we got to put them one more through the test, and they put us in with APA. Yeah, <laughs> How was that off the bat? I mean, it's a, it's a long, long story, but, I mean, 
it got physical. And me and Devon knew why we were getting thrown in there with them. Mm-hmm. And we gave them as much as they gave us. And then we got up and we shook their hand. And it was, it was all great. Yeah, we are in their we respect. Just wouldn't that gain respect, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they were going to we, – we got fed to them first to see if we were able to handle the physicality um, of what was about to happen. And me and Devon fought back, and it was just, it was all good. Because from what I recall, they, uh, APA was public enemies first thing, and there was some issues. That's probably why they put them in there with That's you again. the exact yeah. reason. You know, public enemy one time, we're working with the APA, and five minutes before the match, the public enemy told them, we're not going through the table, and they tried to change the finish on the fly mm. right before the match. And that's when, uh, that's when the APA just beat the hell out of them on live television. Were you kind of expecting it when they put you with APA? Did you kind of say, okay, okay, okay well, Devon, here we go? Yeah, we knew it. I mean, right yeah. off the bat, the minute we knew we were going up against public enemy, we, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, APA, we just knew it. How long did it take to gain their respect? One day. <laughs> After they beat the hell out of us on the set of, of the raw set, <laughs> yeah, we had to we had to hit them with two by fours, and then they were going to beat us up in the next segment. And I told Devon, I said, "Listen, whether we hit them gently with two by fours or whether we hit them hard with two by fours, they're going to try to beat the crap out of us in the next segment. So we might as well just right tee off on these guys yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. We teed off on them. They teed off on us. When the segment was over, we popped up. We shook their hands. We hugged them. And that was it. The entire locker room gathered to watch that segment just to see what was going to really happen. And once that segment was over, the APA went back to Vince and said, these boys are going to be just fine. Mm, And that was it. You know? Yeah, that's cool. You know, it's funny uh, when you think about we're we're very – actually, just as a quick segue, I sent uh, Bubba a card yesterday from – uh, somebody posted on Twitter from Madison Square Garden, September 23rd, 2000. And you guys are on it. I'm on it. Triple H is on it. Rocky's on it. Taker's on it. And that's about it. There's a, mm, I think that's maybe it. There's sure. four or five of us that are still around. Yeah. But there's so many guys on the card. There's seven tag team matches. There was probably 30, 35 guys on the card. But we're very fortunate guys from our generation, especially when we went through ECW, because ECW was such a... Like you said, you had to be there to really understand how, how much of a buzz there was about it. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the quote-unquote attitude era, to be there at the Garden in 2000. And there were so many people, and everywhere we went was like that. It's pretty unbelievable to think that we were able to appreciate and experience both of those, those times. It's one of the things that I always say when being interviewed. Me and Devon were fortunate enough to be a part of ECW when ECW was really ECW, was ECW from yeah. 95 to 99 and then we got to be a part of the Attitude Era when it was hitting on all cylinders P- people would kill to be you know mm-hmm. even have one of those and we got to experience both of them so and especially as a as a tag team where you know tag teams are not always put you know at the forefront of pro wrestling so to be able to be part of that to survive and to still be around doing it 20 years later I think it's pretty cool well, and especially, too, like we mentioned, the teams that you got to work with. It was great work with APA, but you really caught the groove with Edge and Christian and with the Hardys. And also, too, in ECW, um, a lot of it based around this gimmick of the tables. Devon, get the table. It's, it's your calling card. How did that come into play? Because I know from, from 91 FMW, Sabu started using the table. It was the first I'd ever seen it as a regular thing. How did it become your thing? I'll let him pick up the story because... He- it was just happened. It was happenstance that it <laughs> happened in WWE. But in 
ECW, we never were the tables guys oh. or we never did Devon really? the tables. No, no we were always involved in the real violent matches yeah. that tables were included. I thought that came from ECW. Nope. Oh. It was, okay. it was oh invented God. here by mistake. Yeah. I mean, we, we did it, you know, when we started putting uh, the girls, like I think it was Terry Reynolds to the table, it was starting to, you know, the tables and the deadlies were becoming as one, so to speak. But then what happened was we were doing something in the ring where we were supposed to get the, ta- I was supposed to go out and get the tables and I legitimately forgot. Mm-hmm. And he goes, Devon, get the tables. And I went, shit, oh, mm. okay. So I went and got the tables and he goes, Devon, you got to remember to get the tables. I said, okay. I said, my fault. So the next night, we go to do it again, and I remember. And he goes, Devon, get the table. I go, I know. Stop telling me. I got it. Now I'm getting mad. You know. And then he did it again a couple of times. And I remember saying to him every time he would say it in the match, I go, Bubba, stop freaking telling me to get the table. I know my spot. Just leave me alone. I'll go. Finally, he came to me. He goes, Devon, you go, I think people are catching on. I said, what do you mean? And he says, well, a lot of people are you know, seeing Devon get the table, I go, it'll never get over. <laughs> he goes, well, let's try it. And I said, yeah, all right, but it'll never get over. And sure enough, here we are today. You know, I hate, I hate to say this, but a lot of things that this man says, you know, actually does, you know, so come to life. Smart guy. Why do you hate to say it? Because you're right. <laughs> oh, I can listen. I'll be the first to tell you. Just like the what's up. We're sitting in the car. We're leaving Orlando. We, we were living in New York at the time. And we're leaving the Amway Arena. And he goes, you know, you got the commandments. <clears throat> you have to testify this and that. We said, well, he goes, we need something else. He goes, you know that Budweiser commercial? They go to What's Up? I go, yeah, what about it? He goes, he goes, I think we should do that. I go, Bubba, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I go, I'm not doing that. And he goes, Devon, then come up with something else. I go, I got something. Testify and the <laughs> yeah. commandments. Come up with your I own stuff, I don't man. Need nothing else. And he goes, Well, I'm going to try it. If you don't want to do it, fine. So he does it a couple of times. And he goes, Devon, can you please say it? I think it's starting to get over. I said, Bubba, I'm not saying it. I don't like it. I like an idiot sticking my tongue out going, What's up? And he goes, Whatever. We have a match with Taker. And The Rock. And we're, you know, talking it over in the middle of the ring and Vince comes out and he wants to see how everything is going. So he comes to me in the ring and he goes, Devon, how's everything going? I said, it's going good. I said, it's going real good. He goes, good. He goes, let me ask you a question. What's that thing that you guys do when Bubba slams the guy and he opens his legs and then you jump in between? But right before that, you do something with your mouth and you go, "What's? I think it's what's up. What is up? Yeah, what is up? And I just <laughs> went, oh, that's something that Bubba got on the commercial. It's called the what's up. I go, but don't worry about it. I'm not doing that. And he looked at me. He goes, oh, no, but you are doing that. And I looked at him, and I saw the seriousness in Vince's face, and I went, well, that's what I mean. That's what I'm going to do. I'm <laughs> yeah, going to do that tonight. That's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> and then from that point on, we started doing it, um, and it just it got over. It got over huge. I think between the, the 3D and the tables and the What's Up spot, that – that's kind of our Detroit Rock City shout it out loud and rock and roll all night. That's all we got. If we build everything around those three songs, you, we'll be fine. We can try some new songs, but no one really wants to see them. <laughs> no. And the funny thing is, I remember you introduced me to the guy who was the What's Up guy. Do you remember oh, that? Yeah, because yeah. they brought him in and actor, did a commercial actor, with him. Yeah. 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 He's like a, he was from Philly or something. And right? What yep. I thought would be cool is if, I mean, help. Budweiser would bring those guys back and bring us in and we'll do like a <laughs> yeah. What's Up commercial, you know, 20 years right, later. Right. You know? Do you guys still do that to this day, the yeah. What's Up? We still do it. People, what's Up spot. People, it's called the What's Up spot and people remember it and, you know, they're into it. And, you know, with WWE being such a fan-friendly pl- you know, place, it's always been really fan-friendly, mm-hmm. but 
people like to be involved in the show. Sure, and not the fans aren't really as I don't think they're involved as much today as they were Attitude Era. So you have a, you have an act now that really is fan friendly. So we try to go out there and give it to them every single night. This way they can feel like they're a part of it and they go home and they're happy. And Which people past, love, yeah. Right. And this past Monday night, Dolph Ziggler was the first one out of the new generation to actually do it. <laughs> to take it or to <laughs> do it? No, to do it. Oh. We did it with yeah, him. We, you know? did it with we him. split the legs and he did it. And he was like, wow, that really works. <laughs> <laughs> the old dogs know a few things. Now you've made a career over the last 15 years of jumping off the top turnbuckle and burying your head into guys' crotches. Yeah. Have you ever actually uh, mistimed it? And actually stiffed anybody doing that? Actually, uh, knock on, no, I haven't. Because <laughs> I've taken it quite a few times, and it's a little scary because it's like total trust. If you, you come in there big, and fall, Ugh. you got a 250-pound black man <laughs> right. with a, with a giant with bald a head going towards your nuts. That is very intimidating. <laughs> you mentioned uh, intimidating. You also mentioned Vince. What is your relationship with Vince? Has he always been giving you little ideas and stuff? We have always had a really great relationship with him. Um, very respectful of Vince, um, and he's always been really respectful of us. Uh, I feel that we have like almost an open door policy. Whenever, if we ever want to talk to him, we just go and talk to him, and we get the straightest answers from him. So, yeah, always had yeah. a good relationship with him. You know, I think one of the things, I don't mean to cut you off, but just a real quick, I think one of the things is we don't bother him on a regular basis like mm-hmm. some people do. So when the Dudley's asked to speak to him, he knows it's probably something. He knows it's a real legit exactly. question, right. It, unless we, exactly, unless we really need to talk to him, which isn't that often, you know. Did you like working with uh, Rock? I mean, we were- <laughs> wow, there's a softball. <laughs> I don't know. Did you like working with Rock? I actually loved working with yeah. Rock as long as you got into Rock mode. <laughs> you, you know how he, he would be. I think everybody knows Wait, the story. Yeah. I'm sorry, but the Rock wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good spot, just not for the Rock. <laughs> Did we tell that story last time you were yes, on the show? We did. Okay. Yeah. That's a good spot for you, but not for the Rock. Yeah. I, no, I, working with Rocky was always great. It was always fun. Because he's so popular and so over. It makes it very yeah, easy. Every, listen, whenever we did business with you or with him, it always... Didn't we... Wasn't that the... Yeah. We when lost... They, when they... At 6 o'clock, they changed the entire show. Right. And, and we had two-second main event. To well, either we, beat we you for the title or to us, lose yeah. the title. Beat okay. Us, yeah. So yeah. I beat, we beat you for the title? Well, you beat us. You beat Devon. Oh, okay. No, you, you beat, beat Devon. You beat Bubba. I saw the tape just recently. That's right, yeah, because they switched that at like 6 yeah. o'clock, and that's yeah. when we had to sit down, and yeah. that's when... The- and actually, you were talking about... The, you sent me the card from MSG. A couple of months... Mu- I told you yesterday... So a fan sent me a card from a couple of months earlier where it was actually Dudley's in the Rock in the main event at MSG against uh, Road Dog Triple H, and X-Pac. You know, to make it to the Garden in the first place is a big deal, but to say you're able to go back, you know, 10, 15 years later, it's cool. Yeah. I mean, so it'll be fun. You know, I was just thinking about, too, when we were talking about The Rock, it's a good spot for you, but not for The Rock. We were talking about uh, having Stacy involved, and she was like your Dudley doll, or I don't remember, if you have, did she ever actually have a name? Or She was the called Duchess. the Duchess of Dudleyville. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that was a good mix, too, which is very strange. You think of these two bruiser powerhouse yep. guys, yeah. yet you have this, in my opinion, still one of the, the hottest girls that's ever been in this company mm-hmm. and and you guys actually made it work really really well yeah what was the concept of that was you guys baby phases or heels or i don't I remember was, i don't know i think it was mixed I mean, uh-huh. there were times where they were you know booing us and then you know but cheering her but then they were loving it when she was getting spanked by mm-hmm. the big show or so know, she was like your valet that you would use to help yeah, I, I, I heard I heard like some scuttlebutt that at one point they're like, okay, we need to freshen the Dudleys up. Mm. What are we going to do? And they put Stacy with us, and yeah. 
They don't, I don't even remember them telling us. No, they just put a... What, they just... It wasn't even like, hey, years. what do you yeah. think about this? She was just with us one day. It wasn't even that. We walked in. We, I forgot who, the man, who we were against. And all of a sudden, they look and it says, with Stacey Keebler. <laughs> that was it. In classic yeah, WWE fashion. It yeah. worked. You know, me and Devon pride ourselves on, you can deal us any hand you want. We're going to play it. We're going to play it to the best of our ability. In poker, you don't need the best cards to win the hand. Mm. You just need to know how to bluff your way through it. <laughs> and we're all pretty good at bluffing our way through it. <laughs> that's the longevity that you're talking about, not yeah. only, as a, only as a team, but here in the WWE, because it worked. Yeah, that we've been I, doing it for 20 years. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it worked. And, and the thing is, what other team has been doing it as long as we have? You know, it's like, it's... A, those are the, the little things that me and Devon are proud of. It's the longevity. Because mm-hmm. what other team no, has not. been around for 20 years? I mean, we truly are the last of a dying breed, the last of the Mohicans. Once me and Devon, I, I don't know what other team will be around. You know, it's kind of like when Gene and Paul, you know, talk about, you know, what, what bands will be around, you know, 30 years from now, 40 years from now, who's st- who, who are still relevant, like a Kiss or a Crew or an ACDC or a Van Halen. Or Prince. <laughs> I still remember Devon singing uh, when, when Doves Cry in Montreal at the karaoke place. Yeah. And he had you and me with a kiss. And he's, he's yeah. doing the gyrations and snapping his fingers. But yeah, you're, you're right about that, you know. And um, a couple more questions. I wanted to ask you about this. You mentioned it earlier, and I wrote, made a little note of this. You talked about the, the girls going through the table. That was became the gimmick of the Dudleys. Like, the, oh my God, they're going to put the tape in the famous Bubba stare where you're just looking off into nowhere. And it was Terry Runnels and it was. May Young, Lita, Trish. Lita, uh, Trish, B- right. B- yeah, B- so B- you're talking B- about all these girls, but the one you mentioned, May Young. Right. So May was how old at the time? 80. 80. 80. Mm-hmm. And you put her through a table. Yes. How was this pitched to you? How did it come about? Tell me the whole story. How did May react to it? I don't remember how it was pitched well she was gun- she was definitely for it it was just you're gonna put her through the table today and yeah, she's like whatever you got yeah I, I i think they talked to may about it at first and of course may bless her heart i mean you know so she was crazy enough to go yes i'll do it she she was a trooper mm. she actually wanted to take the uh, table bump off the top of the cage Oof. she wanted to be inside of the cage and us to put her up there and to go through it I mean, that's how. But I wish, how she crazy was. was she? She was out of May her Young. <laughs> May Young is the toughest man I've ever met. In pro wrestling. <laughs> um, we put her through the. T- we did the regular bump in the middle of the ring where we, you know, super bombed her through the table, mm-hmm. and then they wanted us to do it off the stage to her, and that's yeah. the that's like the one that's you know right. everybody remembers. We did the, the the power bomb off the top of the stage through the two tables, and then she went to Vince and she said she wanted to do it off the top of the cage. Yeah. And I, it was crazy. Um, I mean, that never happened, but she was so much fun to work with. I, what I appreciated the most about May and Mula was these are iconic women in our industry that when me and Devon would walk into an arena, they would come up to us and say hello. Yeah. Like, it was so cool. Yeah. Like, you know, growing up with the fabulous Mula as the Women's World Heavyweight Champion and May Young being as tough as she was, they wanted to be friendly with us. They yeah. wanted to come and say hello to us and actually talk to us about how our lives were going. Yeah, I, mean, I, I just thought that was cool. They wanted to be part of the, part of the gang. Yeah. You know, part of the yep. camaraderie of it. I mean, they would you always know? ask about the family, my kids. Right. You know, they would play with Terrence and Terrell, uh, my twin boys. I mean, they were, they were really, really cool. When you gave her that bump, did you, did, you have, did you give her the Iggy at all, or did you just like, how did you know that she was okay? 
She no. actually gave the Iggy. She <laughs> gave it to me, I she think. She gave it, yeah. You get When he puts her through the table off the stage, you see her give that little wrist thing. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, she was totally, I mean, totally, totally fine. How tough is that at 80 years old? Can you imagine? Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, you know this. Fans may not realize this, and we'll try to paint the picture real quick. The time that Mae Young and Moolah came up in this industry as women, they were put yeah. to the test as hard as the men were. And the business was a lot different then. It was, it was so much more rugged, rugged. And I don't even know the right ways to describe it, but these were tough. They had to work harder to prove themselves just sure. to have a job at all. But these were tough women, yeah. legit tough women. Mae Young and Moolah are tougher than 50% of the men in the industry today. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, by far. Yeah. You, you couldn't hurt women like yeah. that. They had been through it all. They had been stretched already by, you know, Gotch and, uh, and <laughs> yeah. uh, Mildred Pierce. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> One of the things I saw a few years back, it had to be a couple of years before May passed away, she did a stint on Monday Night Raw with some of the, you know, current divas. And most women her age, at 90, mid-90s, worried about falling in their hips and all that. She's actually in the ring taking bumps yeah. still. That was yeah. amazing right there. And wanting, from what I understand, she was still trying to go after some of the young girls. <laughs> so, you know, trying to show her, hey, I still got it. And when you say go after the young girls, <laughs> you know, I wish she could have lived to, to see her dream come true. She really wanted to wrestle when she was 100. Yeah. yeah. That was, yeah. She told Vince, I want to wrestle when I'm 100. Now, uh, she might have been in the ring at 90, because if you were with her at 80, I think there was she her was. last appearance. She, she was, was. She, she was, was a little bit unsteady, yeah, but yeah. she was 90, right? So she almost made but it. she was still walking she still had a you know wits about yeah you still you could talk to her have a conversation you know she was still good last uh last couple questions so we're back 2015 you guys just came back um i don't know if your deal is for a year or two years or three years whatever it is but what's your uh overall mission now that that you're back here and first of all how was it to come back after being in tna which we said working hard good for them but you're talking about a thousand people 1500 people now it's 10,000 people, 15,000 people. Well, actually, with TNA, I mean, we were up to about six, 7,000 people for certain pay-per-views. Okay, sure. You know, and in Europe, too, UK, yeah. yeah. Towards, towards the and end. I'm not trying though, to demean just, it. No, That's no, not what no, I was no. saying. I, but. I want to give them a little credit right. where credit's due. I mean, towards the end, it, it just it, it wasn't working out well. Um, from, check this out. I get to come back in Philly at the Rumble. And then me and Devon get to come back together in Brooklyn. No kidding, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> what I mean, a cool, yeah, that's great. And, yeah. I mean, this is working out pretty nicely. Yeah. Um, so it's just, it's yeah. great. And the, I think the mission now is the future of tag team wrestling in the WWE. We want to do whatever it takes to help every other team get to the level that we were given the opportunity to get to. Or the Hardys or an Edge and Christian, and maybe one day see a new, you know, um, golden age of tag team wrestling. And if we, and if we can lend our name, our credibility, our experience, our whatever to all of these guys, then job well done. And that's uh, you know we're doing it here in WWE. We're also doing it at our school. You know, in Kissimmee, where we're, you know, getting... The Dudley Boys Pro Wrestling School. Yeah, the Dudley Boys, (laughs) Team 3D Wrestling Academy. We're getting those guys, you know, we're we're, we're teaching students. And, you know, when I leave, come off the road from WWE, I get off the plane. I don't go home. I go straight to the school. Right on. And I teach. 
And I'm in so you there. guys are very hands-on with your very training? Very hands-on. We're the ones that are in there. We're not getting anybody else to go in there and do our job. We're going in there and doing our own job. So even when we come off the road here and helping you know, the younger generation here to get them ready, we're doing it at our wrestling school as right. well. So I take pride in that. And there's a lot of cool teams here right now. I mean, the yes. New Day is doing a fantastic yeah, job. They've really you know, come They're over really, really entertaining. The primetime time. players are doing well. I really enjoy the Lucha Jack Dragons and the Matadors. And, yep. you know, once um, the Usos are back together, oh, wow. there yeah. are guys out there that if we can get the, you know, you know, hit at the right time and get the right mix of guys in the ring, we might be able to do Dude, some you good stuff. You guys and the Usos will tear it up. Oh, a lot of people are great. looking forward to they're that. Yeah. And, and once again... They're second generation, third generation, fifty second generation. You know those Samoans are related sure. to everybody. Mm-hmm. They're 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 good dudes, man. You'll you'll like working with them. You want to put it on. They uh they're they're really excited to be able to do that too. Yeah. They've already yeah. well. Here's another thing too, and they, we're 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 not old, but we've been around long enough that there's a lot of younger guys that when they work matches with us. I worked with Kevin Owens for the first time a month and a half ago, and to me it's business as usual. Let's get out there, let's put on a good show. The kid is great. We had a great match. Afterwards, he's like, man, I just want to tell you what an honor it is to work with you and watch you all this time. And you don't even think about it like that because we're in the trenches working, working, working. But I'm sure the Usos grew up watching the Dudleys. Well, I remember on Twitter, um, they had sent me a message saying that it was an honor uh, to have watched us over the years. And hopefully one day yeah. they would be able to be in the ring with us. And at that time, we weren't with the company yet. And I remember when I came through the door, and I think the one that's here now, not the one that's hurt. Jimmy. Jimmy. Uh, as soon as I walked in, he said, Devon, he goes, we are going to have fun. <laughs> that was the first thing he said to me when he That's saw cool. each other. Well, check this out. You you were a huge Shawn Michaels fan growing yeah. up, right? Yeah. You yeah. got to work with Shawn, right? Yeah. And, and I'm sure you said to Shawn one day right. how much of a pleasure of course, it was, right? Sure. And now you get you know, Hogan, guys who say, yeah. Flair, all those guys. Vince, yeah. me and Devon had a meeting with Vince when we first got back here, and he said, he goes, remember something. These guys watched you guys, mm. so they're going to look at you differently, and it's your job to help to mold them to, you know. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, the mission here is crystal clear what we're, we're, we're going to try to do. You guys know yeah. I'm ready for it. Last question uh, for both of you guys. What's your favorite match that the Dudleys have ever had, if you had to pick one or two? Is one that stands out for you? Well, the one that I like is the SummerSlam. Uh, that was the TLC, right? Um, that was the first one? That was this. Yeah, that was the first, first one. one. That was the first one. Uh, the second TLC, because of, you know, every bit, everybody that was in it. WrestleMania. WrestleMania. And, you know, to, to be able to steal the show. Right. So to speak. Only 31 matches in the history of the world have stolen the show at WrestleMania. Yeah. And, it and you guys awesome. have one of them, maybe even two of them. Two, two of, of them. Two of them. <laughs> Bubba sticks up two. <laughs> you know, so that was a complete honor. And I think there's a couple of incidents in uh, ECW where we put Balls Mahoney through a flaming table uh, in Detroit after we had a riot right before that. Wow. So it was, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, we have so many matches that really stand out. But, you know, those are the ones. And then, of course, the night that him and I got together, uh, back together uh, after being separated for a little bit when uh, the Dudley boys were the bad boys. Okay. Here in WWE? No, in uh, In TNA? No, no, no. uh, ECW. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. ECW. So I think those three matches really stand out to me. Many classic moments, yeah. yeah. I don't have any favorite matches, but what you just just, touched on, I have uh, moments that I'm proud of. And the two moments that I'm proud of the most are the WrestleMania in Anaheim, WrestleMania 2000, Mm -hmm. and WrestleMania in the Asher Dome. And the reason why I'm proud of that is we weren't in the main event 
but those are the matches that they still talk about yeah. today. And WrestleMania 17 is said to be the greatest WrestleMania of all time in the Astrodome, and where the guys that were a part of the match that stole the show had the of the greatest yeah. WrestleMania <laughs> of all time. So that that's what I'm proud of, you know? Absolutely. Um, I never sit, I'll never sit here and tell you we're the best or we're the best at anything because that's all subjective, but there are moments in history that we have been a part of that I'm really proud to say, and I can sit back and look at any other wrestler in the face and say, have you done what right. we were able to do? Right. Mm-hmm. So. One of the longest-running tag teams, one of the most critically acclaimed, and Devon mentioned he wanted to get paid for this. They said, I'm still waiting to get paid for my appearance uh, at Devon's Lemonade He's Stand. I'm shit mad at you still. <laughs> what did I do? I went to this lemonade stand. Yes, you went wow. to his lemonade stand, and you charged him for really expensive <laughs> oh. lemonade. Oh. <laughs> I thought I did that for free. You stop it. For free. Not. <laughs> I wasn't working at the time. Times were tough. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's when, the, you that's when your band was struggling, right? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Bubba Ray and Devon Dudley, the Dudley Boys with the Z. I always wondered why it was the Hardy Boys, the Dudley Boys. But it's great to have them back, the Radicals. Great to have them back in the WWE. But seriously, if you want to be a pro wrestler, uh, there's a great school in Florida that Bubba and Devon run. It's called Team 3D Academy. Find it online at team3dacademy.com. You want to get into NXT? That's a good way to learn the basics. Bubba and Devon, as as they said, they're in their training. They will help you uh, achieve your goal of becoming a pro wrestler, all right? The Team 3D Academy uh, is the place to go to, team3dacademy.com. That's the number three, the letter D. Uh, How would you like to be trained by the most decorated tag team in pro wrestling? You heard Devon say it. He goes to the academy first thing when he gets off the road. This is the real deal. They are the real deal go check them out today all right you want to get to the wwe team 3d academy will get there and speaking of wwe you want to get to the wwe team 3d academy will help you get there uh, i'm already there and uh, speaking of WWE, I'm headed to Mexico with the WWE for the last dates of the Y2J Fall Tour. It's gone by so fast. 14 days done already. Man, October 16th, 17th, 18th in Mexico, Merida, Mexico, the FA, and Monterrey. Uh, and then it's it. I'm done. And when will I be back? Uh, who knows? Only I know, and I'm not telling yet. Uh, but I do know this. I will be rocking the, uh, the seas with KISS and the KISS Navy on the KISS Cruise. That set sail from Miami to Jamaica, October 30th. Going to be amazing. Uh, talk about a dream come true. And then Fozzie has taken the Cinderblock Party Tour over to the UK and Europe. We're taking Nonpoint and Sumo Psycho with us. It's going to be a great, great rock and roll show. Starting November 13th in Rotterdam, we are rocking it. Uh, we're going to be all over Europe, all over the UK, Vienna, Hamburg, Berlin, Cologne, Luxembourg, um, Manchester, Southampton, Birmingham, Newcastle, London, November 26th at the Islington Academy. Don't miss that one. So many great shows. Go to FozzyRock.com for all gig information, city information, and most importantly, VIP information. Come hang out with me. I will be there at every single VIP meet and greet with the rest of Fozzy. We'll be signing autographs, taking pictures, having a few laughs. Uh, you know, maybe I'll even, uh, if you're wearing sweats with a loose drawstring, maybe I'll pants you. Like, like Lenny St. Clair pants to Tony Candelo. Uh, anyway, anyway, you slice it. You know you can't deny it. It's going to be a great, great time. FozzyRock.com for all information. Thanks to all of you for listening. Thanks to all of you for supporting this show and listening to it for free twice a week. Uh, do me a favor. Go check out my sponsors in return for that. Recovery Max, 
order the spray or cream today at drugstore.com. Then there's DraftKings. You want to play fantasy football, fantasy MMA. Use my promo code Y2J. You'll play for free. You could win uh, a piece of a billion dollars. How about DDP Yoga? Change your life for the better today. Go to ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. Drive with Uber. Buy a car, true car. Uh, and also, if you are going to buy anything besides a car, go to Amazon. They've been with Talk is Jericho since day one. Easiest way to support this show. I got links for USA, UK, Canada A. Find them all by going to podcast1.com. Clicking on the supporter show sponsors banner at the top of the page. Then hitting the Talk is Jericho button. Won't cost you anything extra. No hidden fees or hidden charges. Just buying whatever you want and uh, getting a few bucks kicked back to this show to keep the proverbial lights on. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to Bubba and Devon. Thanks to Jesse Ventura last week for an amazing conversation about conspiracies. If you haven't heard the Jericho 25th anniversary as well, one of the funniest podcasts uh, as voted on by you, the Talk is Jericho listeners. And on Friday... From Entourage, we got Jerry Ferrara. Turtle is going to be here. He's got some great stories about the Entourage movie, about the success of the Entourage, about hosting Raw. Uh, We're talking boxing. Uh, We're talking a whole bunch of different stuff. Jerry Ferrara is here on Friday. We will see you then. And a big uh, be safe. Uh, How's your father? And yeah, boy. You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcast1.com. That's podcastone.com. 